0: Praise God. Well, tell three people it's all for Him, and you can be seated in the house of God. It's all for Him. No games, no gimmicks. Well, God bless you. I'm so glad you're here on a Sunday morning to worship the Lord. I know He is doing great things in this region and in the lives of the believers. Uh, I know there are lots of things to be very excited about, but one of them is we have the opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. Opportunity. We have the opportunity to live by faith. And faith is is a very interesting thing. The Scripture, and we'll read uh, shortly, but the Scripture indicates that without faith, it's impossible for us to please God. Therefore, it'd probably be pretty important for us to figure out what faith is, how to apply it, and how not to apply it. Uh, But before we get into what faith is, I want to talk just for a moment about what faith is not. Faith is not something that uh, uh, means when you decide to live by faith that it always looks like you're winning. Faith does not mean it will always look like you are winning. It doesn't mean that you will always look like you're on top. It doesn't mean that you will always look like everything is going your way. Faith is not the absence of trouble, turmoil, or problems. Faith is understanding the presence of God has not left you in the presence of the, of the problems or the turmoils. Faith does not mean it always looks like I'm winning. For instance, uh, uh, the, we, we watched the Super Bowl this last uh, couple of months ago, whenever it was... And, and Tom Brady, everybody thought it was over, and he was down like 17 or 27 uh, points or something crazy like that. And then all the Super Bowl parties started breaking up, and everybody started going home, and everything was wonderful. But then before it's over, the New England Patriots, God's team, they decided, <laughs> they decided to stage one of the greatest comebacks... If not, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. But if you had done a freeze frame at halftime, it did not look at all like they were going to have the victory. But somebody uh, on the Patriots team realized today is today. Today is not forever. Right now is right now. Right now is not the end. And if it doesn't look like we have won, then here's the good news. It's not over yet. Faith does not mean... Faith does not mean that you are uh, never going to go through something, and faith does not mean that you always look like you're winning. Faith is this amazing thing which we will define uh, in just a minute, But, but it doesn't mean that you're constantly going to feel like you're in victory. Faith is not a goose bump. The Spirit of God is not a goose bump or a chill bump, whatever you want to call it. Now, your body, your spirit, you react to different things uh, uh, differently. So when the manifested presence of God shows up, a lot of people do experience, you know, the goosebumps on their arm or they begin to feel emotional. uh, Different things can happen. But God is not an emotion. God is not a reaction. No, faith is not a, a goose bump or a chill bump or something uh, that, is, that is a reaction to who God is. Faith is something all by itself, and faith is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful force that we have that we can put into, that we can put into practice in this life. Somebody say faith. faith. I'm going to get to preaching here in a minute, but I really need to just talk for a few minutes. Faith does not mean you can explain everything. Faith does not mean you can explain everything. There are things that we will go through that faith is the only reason we can go through it with confidence. But it doesn't mean we can explain everything that has happened. Some of you have been through some things, maybe you've been through some things this week, and it would be almost impossible to explain how this would happen unless you have the Word of God to look through and still understanding that faith is the texture, faith is the format, faith is the substance. It is what bridges the gaps in our understanding. Faith is what says, listen, I'm not telling you I have all the answers. I'm telling you I have faith that the one who has all the answers is working things out for my favor. Yes. Faith does not mean you have all the answers. So what, wh- where this is very important is when you begin to feel backed in a corner in your faith. Maybe it's in your mind. You begin to think, well, why is this happening? Why is that happening? I don't understand it. And you begin to feel backed in the corner because you feel like you don't have all the answers to the questions that are coming your way. Faith does not mean you have all the answers. Faith means you have faith. That means when somebody comes to you, and a lot of times, especially when it comes to people who don't believe in God, a lot of times they spend more time thinking about how to talk to you about not believing in God than we spend thinking about how to talk to them about believing in God. So when they come, they're like they're like loaded with 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 two guns of all these little uh, sound bites of anti Christian rhetoric, and they're just ready. Well, what about this scripture? And what about that scripture? You're like, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Where did that, Where did that even come from? Hezekiah? What? Where is that? Is that in there? Is that for real? You begin to just, and, and, and the pressure. How many of you ever felt that pressure before? Even if it's like somebody on TV, you're like, you're like, yeah, what, I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. Listen, faith doesn't mean you have all the answers. Faith means when you don't have the answer, you trust the one who does. Faith does not mean we always looks like we're winning. Faith is not some reaction or a physical manifestation on our body where we get a, a chill bump or otherwise. And faith does not mean we have all the answers. Faith means we believe that God's Bible has all the answers. Faith is we believe that God wrote the Bible. Faith is we believe that there was a man who is the Son of God who lived a life on planet Earth, who laid his life down for you and me. Three days later, glorious and victorious, victoriously defeating death, hell, and the grave and we choose to put everything we have in his basket and say I don't have it figured out but I still choose to trust Jesus with my life. Faith doesn't mean I have all the answers. Faith means I've made a decision. You say well I don't get it because somebody else they got more faith than me. No they don't. The Bible says every person has been given the measure of faith which means your faith is the same as my faith and and my faith is the same as their faith. The difference is some people exercise their faith, therefore their faith begins to grow, but just like the human body, I got the same amount of muscles as the guys playing football on Sunday afternoons, but those guys do something a little bit different. They get up early in the morning and they work those muscles and they build those muscles and they exercise and those muscles begin to grow and now the same muscle system that I have is more effective than mine because they are working their system differently than I'm working mine. Everybody has the measure of faith. We just got to get to the place where we begin to work our faith and then our faith begins to grow and now all of a sudden the devil starts going, I'm not messing with them anymore because their faith has been built to a place where they won't be moved. Faith is not Always not, it doesn't mean that it always looks like we're winning. Faith is not a reaction. And faith does not mean you have to have all the answers to every problem. Somebody say amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 11. If you are ever in need of faith, I'm going to write you a prescription right now. Hebrews chapter 11. Anytime you feel your faith, getting small, or you feel yourself getting pushed in a corner spiritually, Hebrews chapter 11, you grab your Bible, you open your iPhone or wherever you read the Scripture from, and you begin to read Hebrews chapter 11 out loud because the Bible says faith comes and the Bible says faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. When you read the Word of God, not only are you sending it forth, but you're also putting it in your ears. Faith comes by hearing. When you hear the Word of God, your faith begins to grow and begin to get strengthened. But if we're going to have faith, we gotta know, now we know what it's not, we have to know what it is. Now, the Bible says, now faith is now faith is faith is right this second you know a lot of times we think we're going to start a diet one day but if we flipped it around and said instead of one day today is day one everything shifts Faith is not something you do in the future. Faith is now. Now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance. Substance, in other words, if you had a scale and and, and you began to put something on it because you wanted the substance, so you had an exchange where you were saying, I'm going to give you $10 for five pounds of uh, of, of, of sand or whatever it was going to be As soon as you began to put the substance Of the sand on the scale You would begin to tip the scale In the right direction Faith is the thing that begins to tip the scale In your mind Where peace can still pass your understanding Faith is the thing that begins to tip the scale In your family That says I know it doesn't look right I know it doesn't sound right And I wish I hadn't had to go around This same corner again But faith begins to tip the scale That word substance can also be the interchange for the word confidence faith is not just the substance of what you hope for faith is the confidence that what you are hoping for is actually going to come to pass faith is the confidence that what God said about you is going to come to pass faith is the confidence you say well well I, I don't understand it all you don't have to understand it all faith doesn't mean you have all the answers faith is your confidence Faith is your confidence when you walk into a room and you say, You don't understand, Pastor. I'm a real self conscious person. I'm not confident in front of people. I don't understand exactly how to talk or walk. And sometimes I get tongue tied. You don't have to have your own confidence. Faith is your confidence. Before you walk into the meeting, you take just a second and you say, I thank you, Lord God, that faith is my confidence. When I walk in this room, I'm going to be confident in who you made me to be. I'm going to look people right in the face. I'm going to shake their hand. I'm going to speak what I know and I'm going to listen and I'm going to do everything I can because faith is my confidence. Faith is what puts me in that place. Faith is the thing. You say, You don't understand, Pastor. I'm a salesman. I'm meeting different people all the time from all different walks of life. Faith is your confidence. You begin to walk in there knowing that. God is opening doors for you that no man can close. He is closing doors that you don't need to walk through. You walk in and the confidence of God becomes the substance. It becomes the thing that you're relying on. The faith, the faith, the place, the confidence, the substance. It just tips the scales in your favor. Faith is your confidence. The Bible says it's not just your confidence. It's the evidence of things not seen. Evidence in the court of law is what you use to convict somebody. When they get when, when somebody's on trial, there's a, a certain amount of evidence that is presented, and if it's the right evidence at the right time and there's enough of it, what happens is, is that person is convicted or they are uh, released of whatever they're being convicted, whatever they're being accused of. Faith is the evidence. In other words, you don't have to see victory... To know victory is coming because faith is proof that victory is on the way. It is my evidence. I choose to believe this. Somebody said, well, how do you even know? You can't see it. You can smile back at him with your peculiar self and say, I agree completely. I can't see it. But he is my confidence and it is my evidence. Faith will never let me down. Faith is the evidence. It's the thing that when we don't have any more information, we still believe it. You say, well, you don't, I got bad report after bad report after bad report. What's that got to do with God's holy Bible? My faith is the evidence that everything's going to be all right. My wife is a doll. Y'all, she's, she's oftentimes, or most oftentimes, back in kids' church. You should go meet her. Her name's Crystal. She's beautiful. But any time in our marriage that, that I've ever started getting into the, I don't know how to call it properly, but like the mully grubs, anytime I started to just, you know, kind of talk about the problem more than I talk about the solution, she'd just sit over there and she'd start singing. And almost always she'd sing the same song. She'd sing like this. She goes... I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. And I'd be sitting there and i say, i say, Lord. And she'd just say, and I'd say, and sometimes I'd put my big butt in the way. I'd say, but and I'd say this. And she just cut me off mid sentence And she'd close her eyes. She goes, I got a feeling. You see, faith doesn't mean you can see it. Faith is the evidence that everything's going to work out because even though I cannot see it. Faith is the confidence that we have. Faith is the evidence. The Scripture continues to say in verse 2, For by it the elders obtained a good report. By faith, by having the confidence in what they hoped for, by believing that that was the evidence, that faith itself was the evidence. I love when God gives us a sign. I love when God gives you a sign. I love when He gives you confirmation on a thing. But if He never did one more thing for us, He ransomed us from an eternity without Him. Faith is the evidence. It's the thing. I don't have to see it. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. The ones that have gone before us, they obtained a good report from God by faith. Did you know we don't read about very many people in the Bible that did not live by faith? And also, we don't read about anybody in the Bible that didn't have problems. If your life was void of problems, you wouldn't make the Scripture if you lived back then. Because here's the thing. He's looking for people that live by faith. And faith requires us to live by not what we see in the natural... But on the other side, uh, verse 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That's King James, that that last part of that verse is saying, things that we see have their origin in the unseen. So the scripture says, by faith, we understand. Somebody say, understand. Understand. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So, in other words, in the first chapter of Genesis, when God said, let there be light, let me tell you what happened. Light came on the scene. When he said, let there be light. Now, did he call did he did he when he said let there be light did all the different atoms and molecules that are light run from all the different expanses of heaven and slam into one uh, self and make all the stars simultaneously i can't tell you that nor would i even act like i could understand scientifically how that can happen but by faith i understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god By faith I understand it. You could present to me any evidence you want of anything that is contrary to the Word of God and my position is already decided because I don't have to try to understand what you're trying to tell me. By faith I understand that the Word of God framed everything. By faith, you say, well, well, that's just ignorant. That is the beginning of wisdom is when we put fear and reverence in God. That's the foundation of wisdom. And at that point, now you have an opportunity to have godly wisdom instead of chase. Listen, let me tell you what will happen. The devil will have you chasing unicorns the rest of your life. You say, what's a unicorn? Unicorn something that doesn't exist. It's mythical. It's something that's that's somewhere uh, on some magical fairy island somewhere in Never Neverland. It doesn't exist. But if the devil can get you so convinced that you've got to understand every little micron of everything that's ever existed, now you'll be chasing trying to understand something that's not even real when all you got to do is like a little child, put your faith in the Word of God and say I believe that when he said there's light there is light I believe when he shaped man and formed him in his likeness in his image I really believe he took a picture of himself uh, mentally or a shadow one translation indicates. but I believe when we get to heaven he's not going to look like some three headed monster he's going to look like you and me well how do you understand that by faith I've made the decision to trust him. When you make the decision to trust him, the information that comes to you is secondary to what you have already chosen to believe. I've already made up my mind. By the way, this is how you stay faithful in your marriage. I don't care what she smells like. I don't care what she looks like. I don't care what she has to say. If she comes around me, she's barking up the wrong tree because I made my decision before she walked in the room. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care how much he has decided that he's going to, uh, he understands me and he does this. And he, How do you know he understands you? Why are you talking to him so much? You should have made your decision before he showed up with the roses. This is how you stay faithful. You make your decision before it. How do you understand? How, what do you, you think God just made everything? I absolutely do. Absolutely. How did he do it? With the word. But but how did he tell the oceans how far to get on land? And how did he tell the fish how to swim? I understand it perfectly. How? By faith. I believe what I can't see. And I believe... See, if you believe that God formed everything and everything from the seen realm was formulated in the unseen realm, then it all makes sense. But if you flip it and you try to make it out like God was manufactured from what we can see, now you have positioned yourself contrary to the Word of God and you'll be chasing unicorns the rest of your life. We believe by faith. Faith fills in the gaps. It's the thing. You say, so we should just be, you know, completely ignorant about everything? Absolutely not. There is nothing wrong with wisdom. Education is one of the most powerful tools that you can have. We are a proponent for all those things. But the minute and the moment it decides to go contrary to the Word of God, we shift gears because faith is not understanding everything. Faith is the understanding of everything. By faith, I understand. Why is this so important, pastor? I'm glad you asked. Because you're going to encounter things that you will not understand. I raised them this way. I taught them this. I had them in the house of God. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do for them. And then they did this. And your mind is going to want an answer. And you're going to say, I don't understand. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? It doesn't make any sense to me. And you're going, your soul, L, your mind, your will and emotions is going to want to rely on the substance that you can see and not the substance in the unseen realm that you are hoping for. It's going to want to rely on the evidence around you, which might even be enough in the natural to convict them. But we're not looking at the evidence in the natural. We're looking at the evidence that we can't even see. So what do you mean? You and your whole house will be saved. If you have anybody that's wayfared, if you have anybody that's gone astray... You can grab that scripture, you can hold that scripture, and you can know that the world was framed by the Word of God and the seen world was created by the unseen world. So when the Word of God said that your children are promised to you to a thousand generations, no devil in hell, no demon, no drug addiction, no bad relationship, no poor ideology, none of those things can snatch your children out of the promise of God which is yes and amen. By faith the elders obtained a good report Through faith we understand By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice Than Cain By which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts And by it being dead yet speaks By faith Enoch was translated When he should not see death and was not found Because God had translated him For before his translation He had a testimony that pleased God Without faith, we cannot please God. Enoch's testimony was that he pleased God. The scripture continues, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must... Everybody say must. Must. He that comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without believing that the substance of what we hope for and the evidence that we cannot see uh, uh, from the unseen realm supersedes everything in the natural. It's impossible to please God without faith. And anybody who comes to Him must, which means it's a requirement, which means it's a commandment. He says you must believe that He is. He is is a present tense participle, which means He exists. You're not going to God if you think He does not exist. You have to believe God is. Now, the reason this is important... Uh, Because that's the third person participle. He said, he is. is because whenever Moses came to the Lord and he began to talk to him and and he said to the Lord, he said, who should I even tell them that's given me all this? Who should I tell them I'm talking to him? And the Lord said, I am that I am. Present tense first person participle. You have to believe that he is if you're going to come to him. If you're going to come to God, you, number one, you can't please Him without faith. But when you, if you're going to come to God, you have to believe that He is. You say, well, that's easy, Pastor. I'm in church. I'm talking about the midnight hour. I'm talking about when it doesn't make sense. I'm talking about when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and and and... You, you're sitting there and you wake up with a jolt and you, you had a bad dream and, and you have all these thoughts about what could have, would have, should have happened and it hadn't happened yet and, and then all this, the devil starts lying to you and starts saying stuff like this. If God this, if God that, if God had done this, if God had done that and, and all of a sudden, listen, believing that he is becomes a legitimate thing. Right here, I, I've been speaking the word of God for about 20 minutes now. And anytime you speak the word of God, the presence of the Lord just manifests. We've been worshiping for 20, 30 minutes. The presence of the Lord just, just manifests and we can, we can speak, we can, we, can, we can understand a little better and we can feel Him. But what I'm talking about is long about the midnight hour in the inner prison of your mind. What I'm talking about is the fourth job interview and they still said no. That's the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the marriage when your wife walks in and says, you know what, I just don't know if this is going to work anymore. I'm talking about when your kids come in and they say something crazy. Like the Dallas Cowboys aren't as good as the Texans. (laughs) Get out of my house! (laughs) And my wife's over there going, I got a feeling... I'm talking about the real thing yes. you got to believe he is it's easy right now we're sitting in church this place is saturated there's, there's an inch deep into the walls of this place is praise and worship before we bought this building the church had it I don't know what all they know but I know they love Jesus praise and worship is saturated the word of God is saturated in here but you got to believe that he is don't you ever back off here's the thing The minute that you sense that, you push right back. Well, what about God? What about God? you talking about the God that delivered me? you talking about the God that saved my soul? you talking about the God that wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life? You're talking about the God that saved my family? you talking about the God who gave His angels charge over me? you talking about the God that healed my physical body, saved my wretched mind, changed a new heart on the inside? you talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that never sleeps and never slumbers, who's constantly looking over His Word to perform it? Is that the God you talking about? Yeah, I believe He exists. Push back a little bit Then other thing You have to believe You must believe Put it back up there please You must believe That he is a rewarder Of them that diligently seek him You must believe You must believe That he is And that he is a rewarder A rewarder Of them that diligently seek him So Wednesday night I think it was I just taught on the blessing of God Which is one of my favorite things to teach on And The one thing that's imperative That we understand as believers Is if it is lawful That there are consequences to sin And can we just all agree That if you do something you're not supposed to do There are consequences Even after you get saved There's consequences You want to drive 80 miles an hour in a school zone Let me tell you what's going to happen You're going to jail There are consequences to actions So if there are consequences to actions The Bible says that an abomination to God Is an unjust balance So a balance that's off kilter Is an abomination to the Lord So if it is lawful That when you do wrong There are adverse consequences Then it's 100% lawful That when you are obedient to God That there are Blessings and benefits. And the scripture says here, as the author's writing, he says, look, two things. You have, if you're going to come to God, you've got to believe that he exists. And you have to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How would you feel if your kids did exactly what you said and then you wanted to bless them? You wanted to buy them a present or you wanted to hug them or whatever. And you go to hug them and they flinch like you're going to hit them. And said, well, what's wrong? Well, I wasn't sure how you were going to react. You wasn't sure how I was going to react to you doing what I asked you to do? How do you think God feels? When we ask Him, Oh God, would you please, if you're just not too busy, if there's any way you could think about it, and Jesus sitting there, God's up there going, Do they not know that I sent you and you died for them? Why are they wondering if... I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. This is who I am. So when we pray, we don't pray in in maybes. We pray the Word of God. And let me tell you what else we do. We don't pray the problem. God knows the problem. We pray the solution. The minute that you continue to give voice to the problem, you gave voice to the enemy. He's now talking through you. you saying the devil jumped on the inside of me. No, I'm just saying you're speaking for him. Oh, Lord, this is a big one. My dishwasher went out again, and it's just... I mean, it's a whirlpool, stainless steel, and I just... Ooh, I know. And God's up there going, he, the, Lord, the, the Father's looking at Jesus and He's going, I use gold for concrete and they're wondering if I can help them with their dishwasher. Y'all wear pearls on your neck. I build gates out of them. I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek them. All this comes right after, and I I was curious. I said, now why, why did he begin to define it? Because you got to understand the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. It was just written most of the most of our uh, uh, most of the New Testament. Most of the New Testament are, are letters and epistles. But this letter written to the Hebrews, written to those of uh, who had the Hebraic descent that would understand more of the law. They needed to to have it in their terms Romans, that was sent to the Romans They didn't have any idea as much about the law as the Hebrews did That's why when you read it, it doesn't have near as many references to the Pentateuch Which was the first four or five, uh, the first five uh, uh, books in the Bible Because they might not have known them So he didn't write them In other words, the authors were becoming all, all things to all men That they might win some so you don't go to Mexico on a mission trip and demand that they speak English. That's foolish. You speak to them in a language that they can understand so that you might be able to be more effective. So I looked at it and I said, well, what was he talking about before that? Because if, if he goes to this great Extent of defining faith, there had to be some reason. And Hebrews verse ten, uh, Hebrews chapter ten, verse thirty-five, it says this. And this, this is the thing. When the midnight hour comes, th- this is what I really, really, really want you to hold on to. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Now, faith is the substance of things, the confidence of things. Cast not. Away, don't throw away your confidence when times get hard. Don't throw away your I don't feel confident. Well, greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. My Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. If you're going to come to God, you have to believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Do we serve Him just for the reward? Absolutely not. We serve Him because He loves us and we love Him, but He's still a rewarder. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of endurance, one translation says. You have need to be able to endure through the trial and tribulation. Why do I need to endure? Because today is today. Today's not forever. Today is today. Today is not the end. For yet a little while, and he, that sh- and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I love that. For you have need of endurance, perseverance, after you've done the will of God that you might receive the promise. For yet a little while. It might say a little while. And he that shall come will come. The Bible says God is on his way. And oh, by the way, he really is coming. And listen to this. And he won't tarry. He won't delay. He's going to do what he said he would do. Yes. He's going to move everything around. He's moving around. He had your answer before you had the problem. For yet a little while and he shall come. Come. And he that shall come will come. I love that. The one who's coming, he's going to show up. The one who's going to move on your behalf, he's going to move on your behalf. The one who said he's going to be there, he's going to be there. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. This is why he had to define faith, because he just told them, this is how you need to live. So it's possible that in his mind, he goes, well, if I'm going to tell him to live by faith, I probably need to define it for him pretty good. The just shall live by faith. Who's the just? You and I have been justified by Christ, which means when you walk into the presence of God, you can go boldly, not because you've done everything right. But the Bible says you are clothed in Christ. When God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus, then he sees you. That's why when you pray, it's insulting to the cross for you to pray as if you still have some kind of a stain attached to you eternally. Either it's a finished work. You remember what he said? He stood like, he was on the cross like this, and he goes, it's almost finished. It's finished for almost everybody. No. No the Bible says the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God the Word made flesh hung on a tree the Bible says cursed city man that hangs on a tree became a curse for you and me and in his last breath he screamed out so that we could all hear and they recorded it in the book so we could read it it is finished there's no more sacrifice necessary when you go to God you go to God with confidence cast not away your confidence don't lose your confidence because you need endurance and you need endurance because the one who said he was coming is on the way the one who said he was going to show up is fighting on your behalf the Bible says you need to do this because the ones who are justified the ones who are washed in the blood of Jesus you will live by faith the Bible says but if any man Draws back. My soul won't have any pleasure in them. But then he said it like this, and I love this. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Yes. He said, yet for a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just will live by faith. Verse 39 says it like this. But we are not of them who draw back unto partition, under perdition. Unto perdition. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul." In other words, they're threatening to turn the fire up hotter. I wish they would turn it up a little bit. I'm not the kind that draws back under perdition. When it gets hot, I lean in. I'm not casting away my confidence just because something's gotten difficult. The just shall live by faith. My prayer and my hope is found in the fact that the evidence that I can't see compels me to move forward the substance, my confidence is in Him I don't back off, my faith makes me understand everything that I'm going through even when my mind can't, my spirit man's going He's going to make a way for me, He's going to make a way for me, He's going to make a way for me no, we don't cast away our confidence We're not like those that draw back. Let me tell you what you are, New Heights Church. You're the kind that push forward. When the devil rises against you, the Bible says God will lift up a standard against him. When you find yourself in the fire, you'll find the fourth man walking around with you in a Jericho march. We don't cast away our confidence, faith is not a feeling. Faith is not the the, the fact that I have all the answers. Faith is my confidence. Faith is my evidence. And because I'm justified, I live by it. And I'm not the kind that backs off. No, by faith, I'm the kind that leans in. Bow your head and close your eyes. You're here today and you're not right with God. I want to pray with you. You're not living right. You're not doing right. Jesus is not Lord of your life. Maybe you said yes to God at one point, but you've fallen away. If that's you, I want to pray with you to ask Jesus to come into your heart and make you clean. You could be justified. If that's you, when I count to three, just lift your hand. When uplifted hand, you're saying, oh, God, remember me. And he really will. One, two, three, lift it up. Thank you, brother. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. If you lifted your hand and you wanted to, just pray this after me. Church, help us pray. Say, Oh God, I come to you now and ask you to save me. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian on my way to heaven, and I'm going to live by faith all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a great big hand. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info, and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.